Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or download our Free Living Truth app. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 20 called, That's Not Fair. How many of you would like to confess right now that you've said before, that's not fair? How many of you have said it uh, before the age of 10? Keep your hands up. After the age of 10? After the age of 20? After the age of 30? After the age of 100? Anybody? (laughs) You know, the statement, that's not fair, is really another way of expressing the problem of evil. See, whenever you say something is not fair, you have a sense that there should be a way that things go. Or you might put it this way, this is the way it ought to be, but it's not, and I find that to be a problem. Now, we, we find that to be a problem because what we're doing, and you may not realize you're doing this, but when you say that's not fair, you're appealing to a standard. You're saying that, a, that there should be a standard, there should be an ought. This is the way things ought to go. And by doing that, you're really appealing to a moral law. And by virtue of that, you're appealing to a moral law giver. Because there really can't be a standard without the standard who is God. Thus, in another way, we're really saying, hey, I believe there should be a standard. You know, uh, in uh, universities and uh, intelligentsia and all these things that are going on, there's a lot of talk about relativism and, you know, your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth and... Morals really are irrelevant. They're up to the person or the community until someone takes something that belongs to you, like they take your stuff or they steal your car. Then you think thou shalt not steal is a pretty good idea. And, uh, you know, these things that are discussed in some of the ivory towers of education don't work in real life. The Ten Commandments are a really good thing. And uh, today, you know, you can have a Bible at school and have it taken away from you. You can try to put scriptures somewhere and get, you know, in trouble with the principal. But you can celebrate and put on display virtually everything else, and it's okay. But your Bible and the Ten Commandments, oh. People trying to tell people about God and hope and that kind of thing, right? That's not fair. Now, We're going to see two chapters where you can look at that's not fair in two different ways. The first chapter we're going to look at is the unbeliever through a sermon from a person that we've met in the book of Job before, and we'll see him in chapter 20, verse 1. His name is Zophar, and he's going to preach a sermon about what happens to the godless person or the wicked person, and we're going to say that his sermon is going to be right on. What he preaches is true, but I've introduced this to you before, and it's something important to remember, that even though what he says is largely true, he misapplies it. In other words, he applies the truth of the godless and their end to a man who is not godless, to a man who is a believer, and his name is Job. But what Job is at this point in his life is a struggling believer, And I won't ask for a show of hands tonight, but I would imagine that there's probably a few of you who would consider yourself right there tonight. You're a believer, but you're a struggling believer. And whatever the reasons for your struggle are, whether they're intellectual or scientific or emotional or the problem of evil, 
In fact, we've called this whole series The Problem of Evil, but the power of the gospel. And we're talking about the fact that the power of the gospel is the only answer to the problem of evil. And so what we're gonna hear is, we're gonna hear from this, this guy named Zophar about the godless person who doesn't receive Christ as Lord and Savior and their fate because of their lifestyle. And then Job is gonna turn it around and he's gonna say in chapter 21, which will be for next Wednesday, He's gonna say, look, what I actually see is that the godless seem to be getting away with everything, long life, enjoying everything, and I'm a righteous man and I'm suffering. And sometimes as a believer, we all realize that that can happen at times, that we've tried to do the right thing, whether it's in our employment or at home or we've taken a stand for righteousness and we've suffered as a result. And I've been introducing to you the fact that in the book of Job, and I think this is a big reason why the book of Job is in our Bibles, is to introduce a concept to you called redemptive suffering. See, Job is a foreshadowing of the greater Job, whose name is Jesus, who will suffer unjustly. If anybody could say, that's not fair, it would have been Jesus. Because Jesus was completely innocent. If you were standing and you were Jesus' mom and you were watching him die on the cross, you could say, that's not fair. If you were Peter or John or anybody else who followed him and watched him, watched power flow out of his life like no power has been, been seen before, where he would calm the sea, cast out demons, cure diseases, raise the dead. Nobody ever spoke like this man spoke. And for him to die in the way that he did, really being crucified as a criminal of the state and someone who had broken the law in the sense of, that's what the Jews said about him, that he had blasphemed God, but he had not. He was God in human flesh. We could say that's not fair. And technically it wasn't fair, but it happened so that you and I could be redeemed. So we're gonna be looking at some of these ideas tonight. So let's just take a moment to pray. Father, each time we come before your holy word, we know we're gonna meet your truth and we're gonna meet you in a fresh way and we're, we're going to hear things that we need to hear because your word is alive. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable. Your word doesn't come back void and your word is like rain or snow that comes down on the earth and waters it and produces a crop produces growth. But the dependent thing, or the thing that really matters, I think, tonight, is our hearts. We wanna hear the word of God with an honest and sincere heart. So we're crying out to you for all distractions to be put aside, for all the weights that we carry into a place like this, all the questions we may have in our hearts. And I pray that you would speak, you would add and take away from what I've prepared, and we would hear from you, Lord, and that if we need to, we would amend our ways to yours. If we need some encouragement tonight, that that would happen as well. May you lead this where you want it to go for your glory and for Jesus' sake. And it's in his name we pray and all God's people said, amen. amen. Now Job, uh, as he goes through all these dark moments, he says in 1923 of Job, oh, that my words were written, oh, that they were inscribed in a book, Ironically, they are. <laughs> that with an iron stylus and lead, they were engraved in the rock forever. 1925 of Job. And then he says, as for me, I know, I don't wonder, I don't guess, I know that my Redeemer lives. 
and at the last he will take his stand on the earth. Even after my skin is destroyed, and he was a disaster, and I think he's talking about the resurrection here, yet from my flesh in a new body I shall see God, whom I myself shall behold, and whom my eyes will see and not another. My heart faints within me. Man, I'm, I'm troubled. If you say, how shall we persecute him, and what pretext for a case against him can we find? Now he's addressing his friends, so-called comforters. He said, then be afraid of the sword for yourselves, for wrath brings the punishment of the sword, so that you may know there is judgment. After Job cries out and gives us this glimmer of hope that I know my Redeemer lives and there's been songs written about him, we've sung about him at Easter time and so forth, he then turns to his friends who have been poor comforters really from the very beginning of the book and he says to them, you better be careful because the judgments that you're coming to about me are gonna fall on you and by the same standard that you judge, it will come back to you. And we already know that a judgment's been declared from heaven that Job is a righteous man, that there's nobody like him. So the friends are the ones that are wrong. And even though Zophar is gonna preach what I would consider a penetrating, hard sermon about the reality of the wicked, he will misapply it because Job is not that man. Job is a believer. I mentioned to you a struggling believer, but he is a believer nonetheless. When we ask questions like, that's not fair, we usually say something like this, I acted this way, or I said this, or they acted this way and said this. This should be the result, right? (laughs) And I would say, not necessarily. (laughs) Not necessarily. The world is not always fair. Have you noticed? We long for it to be fair, and there's a world coming where The Bible describes new heavens and new earth where righteousness will dwell. That's what's ahead for us, where Jesus will rule righteously with a rod of iron. That's coming, but that's not now. We live in a time where there's much corruption, many backroom deals, many nasty things that happen that we, many of us, don't even know maybe a tenth of what's going on in the world. Behind the scenes, things that come out later, things that are corrupt and unjust. And Zophar, the Namathite, this is Job 20, verse one, answered, and he answered Job's cry, I I know that my Redeemer lives, lives. I'm gonna have an advocate, I'm gonna be vindicated one day, Job is saying, and Zophar gets the warning in that last part of chapter 19, where Job essentially says, watch out the way you judge, it'll come back to you, and then Zophar, the Namathite, answers. And his answer is not gonna be pleasant. He said, therefore, my disquieting thoughts, Job 20, verse two, make me respond. And even because of my inward agitation, I listen to the reproof which insults me. And the spirit of my understanding makes me answer. NIV says, my understanding inspires me to reply. I must respond to Job now. I must reply I just can't let this one go. (laughs) You ever been there before? You ever been in a little spat with somebody that you love or care about and they say something and it's, ow. And then you have a moment of decision. Should I respond and how should I respond? Should I give them a zinger right back? It feels good when you first release it, right? Yeah, God, take it, God. 
And then it goes in and you watch them. And then you go, man, that doesn't feel as good as I thought it was going to feel. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Uh, Job 20, verse 1, answered, and he answered Job's cry, I I know that my Redeemer lives, lives. I'm going to have an advocate, I'm going to be vindicated one day, Job is saying, And Zophar gets the warning in that last part of chapter 19 where Job essentially says, watch out the way you judge. It'll come back to you. And then Zophar, the Namathite, answers. And his answer is not going to be pleasant. He said, therefore, my disquieting thoughts, Job 20, verse 2, make me respond. And even because of my inward agitation, I listen to the reproof which insults me. And the spirit of my understanding makes me answer. NIV says, my understanding inspires me to reply. I must respond to Job now. I must reply, I just can't let this one go. (laughs) You ever been there before? You ever been in a little spat with somebody that you love or care about? And they say something, and it's, ow, And then you have a moment of decision. Should I respond? And how should I respond? Should I give them a zinger right back? It feels good when you first release it, right? Here, God, take it, God. And then it goes in and you watch them. And then you go, man, that doesn't feel as good as I thought it was going to feel. Sometimes when you feel like you have to, I just got to respond. That can't be left right there. Ask yourself why. And oftentimes, the answer to that question is because my pride has been hurt. I just can't let it go. I can't give you the last word. I'm going to get the last word in, even if it's yes, dear. (laughs) That's an inside joke for those of you who are married, but never mind. I'm insulted. Now, why is Zophar insulted? I mean, Job is the one who's a disaster. Job's the one who is sick. Job's the one who's lost all of his kids. Job's the one who's lost his estate. 
These guys came on a mission of mercy, or so they said. Why is he insulted? Because Job finally looked at him and said, I would just be careful how you judge because it could come back on you. Oh, I'm insulted. We're the ones giving the advice here. We're the ones giving the reproof here, buddy. You just sit there on that ash heap and keep suffering and we'll keep telling you what's wrong with you. It's pretty easy when you can tell everybody else what's wrong with them, right? Then it comes back at you like, oh, how dare you? No, 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 I'm the one giving the critiques here. See, if you're a critical person, watch out, because when criticism comes back to you, my question is, how do you take it? These guys didn't take it well at all. They were insulted. Look at uh, Job 19, look at verse one. Job responded in the previous chapter to them, and he said, how long, Job 19, two, will you torment me and crush me with words? These 10 times you've insulted me, you're not ashamed to wrong me. Even if I truly erred, and I'm open to that possibility, Job might say, my error lodges with me. But it seems like this has become a very personal interaction between these guys and Job, almost like a fight for whose truth is actually true. And these guys cannot break with their system. They believe that if you do good, good will come back to you. And if you do evil, evil will come back to you. And that's the end of the story. And so Job, you have to be suffering because of some hidden evil that you have done. Just admit it and we'll pack our bags and go home. But Job won't admit it because he doesn't know what he's done wrong. I want you to flip all the way in your Bible to Matthew 15. Jesus had many interactions with the religious leadership of his day. Some of them actually ended up trusting in Jesus, but they were certainly not the many, but the few, Matthew 15. And Jesus would have these interactions with them. And this is, uh, let's pick up the account in Matthew 15, four. Jesus is challenging them. And he said, for God said, Matthew 15, four, honor your father and mother. And he who speaks evil of father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whoever shall say to his father or mother, anything of mine you might have been helped by has been given to God. He is not to honor his father or his mother, and thus you invalidated the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites, Jesus says to them. Rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, far away from me. In vain do they worship me. That's a radical statement. Some people can allegedly worship God, but it can be vain or empty. Teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. And after he called the multitude to him, he said to them, hear and understand. Not what enters into the mouth defiles the man, but what proceeds out of the mouth, this defiles the man. Then the disciples came and said to him, to Jesus, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this statement? But Jesus answered and said, every plant which my heavenly Father did not plant shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. And if a blind man guides a blind man, both will fall into a pit. You see, what the religious leadership wouldn't do, and I'm talking about the majority of them because a few of them became believers, is they wouldn't break from their tradition and their system to the word of God. Imagine what they saw. They saw Jesus, or at least secondhand heard of his miracles. Let's go back to the book of Job. 
He answered all their questions, stumped them every time, did miracles, calmed the sea, raised Lazarus from the tomb, raised other people. What more did they need to believe in him? What kept the religious leadership from believing in Jesus? A couple things. Pride, protection of their positions and their nation. They said, if we let him go on like this, everybody will believe in him, and then we'll lose our spot and our influence. Never mind that the word of God, truth embodied, truth incarnate, was standing in front of them, the Messiah that they said they were waiting for, yet they would not listen. Zophar goes on in Job 20, verse 4. He's speaking to Job, and certainly we can't avoid the fact that he's applying this to Job. And he says, he says, do you know this from old, verse 4, chapter 20? From the establishment of, of man on earth, that the triumphing of the wicked is short, key word, and the joy of the godless momentary, short and momentary are words that you should highlight. Though his loftiness, that of the ungodly, or his height, ESV, or pride, reaches the heavens, and his head touches the clouds, uh, we'll talk about what happens to him in a moment. You've been listening to That's Not Fair, part one on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 20. If you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on our Free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we'd love to connect with our listeners. That means you. You can email or send Pastor Michael and the team a letter. We love mail. You can get all the contact information at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. But our email address is contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And here's our mailing address. Are you ready? You can write Pastor Michael at P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, when you hear a message like, that's not fair, you maybe start thinking about your own life, and maybe you heard, uh, hey, when I become a Christian, everything will change for the better in my life. Well, uh, every ultimate thing does change for the better. You're born again to a living hope. You've passed out of death into life, out of darkness into light. You are sanctified, forgiven, and all of that. But it's still a challenge to be a Christian. It's hard for the redeemed in a fallen world to always walk the way that we should. And maybe you're even tempted to walk away from the faith right now. Maybe you've been listening to the book of Job and you're like, man, it's not fair. But don't forget how the story ends. God used the ultimate not fair, the cross of Jesus, the most innocent man, the greater Job, the most innocent man that ever lived, the God man. And he died and it wasn't fair. It wasn't just. But God used it to satisfy his justice. The innocent died, the uh, righteous for the unrighteous to bring us to God. So sometimes when we're thinking that's not fair, it's true. It may not be fair, but God can still weave it together in his tapestry for good because he's sovereign. And the book of Job is showing us that 
too, that he's even sovereign over Satan and over our trials. I don't understand it all, my brother, my sister, but I'm, I'm just encouraging you to hang in there because God is good and he's going to see you through. Hey, if you need prayer, you can submit a prayer request at walkintruth.com. That's the website for the program, walkintruth.com. Hey, I've been telling you about pastors that are available to you Tuesday through Friday, 9 to 4 Pacific time at 844-48-TRUTH. If you know need someone just to pray with you, you're going through something, you just need to be heard, we're here for you. You can give a prayer request through the website. You can also partner with us at walkintruth.com. Monthly partners, one-time gifts, deeply appreciated because it helps us not only continue on this station, but walk through more open doors that are available to us. And boy, we want to. And we pray that you will partner with us today. We love you. We appreciate you. Have a wonderful weekend. Go to church. Hey, and if you want to find out about the church I pastor, it's Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. We have a 10 a.m. service. You can come out to the Inland Empire in the city of Corona. You can get all the information and directions at walkintruth.com. God bless you. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday. And just a reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events as well. So please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month. You can donate at walkintruth.com. And join us on Monday for part two of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Job chapter 20 called That's Not Fair. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, have a fantastic weekend. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.